And what are some of the salaries for somebody working in a manufacturing plant in Mexico? Yeah, they're, they're around. I, I will talk in terms of peso and comparing dollars, but it's around the cost of the labor, the direct labor around $1,000. $1,000 per week, per month? Yes, per month. This is Swarfcast, the show that helps professionals in precision machining excel in their careers. I'm your host, Noah Graf. Our guest on the show today is Rogerio Masadri, director of Samot, Mexico, a 200-employee automotive shop in Guanajuato, Mexico. Rogerio and I discussed what it's like running a machining company in Mexico. We talked about nearshoring trends and Mexico's challenge to produce enough skilled manufacturing workers. Yes, they have that problem too. Today's podcast is brought to you by Graf Pinkert. Looking for a screw machine, rotary transfer machine, or CNC machine? Graf Pinkert's got you covered. When you're buying any used machine, you're taking a risk. So it's important to buy from someone who knows their stuff and who is going to give you straight information about what you're buying. Graf Pinkert is a family-owned firm that's been dedicated to selling great machine tools to the turn parts industry for 75 years. It specializes in the top multi-spindle brands, including Index, Schutte, Gildemeister, Tornos, ZPS, Acme, and Wickman. They also sell a variety of other types of used equipment, such as CNC Swiss, CNC turning centers, and parts washers. Machine tools are complicated. If you're going to buy one, you should go to people who are knowledgeable and committed to the industry. Learn more at www.graffpinkert.com. That's www.graffpinkert.com. I am very honored to be with Rogerio Mesadri from Samot, Mexico. Welcome to the show, uh, Rogerio. Sorry, Rogerio and Rogerio is difficult for me because Rogerio is from Brazil. And I don't know if many people know this, but in Portuguese, the R is pronounced with an H. So anyways, you are the director at Samot, Mexico but you are from Brazil. So first of all, I want the two minute summary of Samut, Mexico, and then I want to get a little bit of your story. Yeah, Samut, Mexico started operation in 2009. Samut came to Mexico because uh, our main customer, Bosch, Robert Bosch, invited us to have another facility out of Brazil because they are very good and the biggest supplier of Bosch. So Samut is a huge, uh, machining company in Sao Paulo, Brazil. Yes, in Sao Paulo there are uh, three facilities, two facilities from machining and one facility we made some bars and profile of aluminum, okay. hard alloys. And the main sector is automotive. Yeah, of course in Brazil there are more, uh, not 100% automotive, but in ma- more than 90% is automotive. Okay, okay. Let's go backward now. I want the three-minute bio. How did you get into this business, and how did you get to Samo in Mexico? Yeah, I started this business. My father started Samo, and whole life, almost whole life. My father spent 42 years in Samo. How old are you? 
I'm 45. 45, okay. 45 years old. And since I, I know my life, I, 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 I saw my father work at the summit and start, of course, in, the, in 40 years ago, of course, the father, and like in Europe, the, the fathers get the, the children during the vacation and spend some time in the companies. This is normal for us. Uh, we love this manufacturing machining, and because this we... Me and my brother uh, studied in a technical school. You immediately liked manufacturing. Yeah, yeah, since the beginning. Since a child, a, a little child, I, I loved this manufacturing, the, how the, the transformation, the, the simple bar are very complex parts. So, okay, so then you went to trade school in Brazil and then you went to work at Samo in Brazil. And eventually you went up, I know this, we're, we're not really doing your story justice here, but you went up in the ranks and they said, okay, we have Samot Mexico. When did Samot Mexico start? Samot Mexico started the operation in 2009. 2009. When did they send you over there? Right away? Yeah, I arrived in Samot Mexico 2014. 2014. Okay. So we've set the stage. What kind of machines do you run, and are you primarily automotive? Yeah, some of Mexico is uh, we normally ma uh, machining the round parts, made parts. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, mud spindle is our uh, some of Mexico starts with mud spindle in the grinding, centerless grinding. As well, uh, some of Mexico has uh, anodizing line. This is our difference, differential in the market because normally the the manufacturing companies don't have this anodize. This anodize we bring because we we have lessons learned in manufacturing in Brazil. The, Pistons, of course, some of Mexico starts with brake pistons. In brake pistons, we have machining, precision, machining, grinding, and anodizing. And you, you provide the full service uh, from the, the supplier. And, and it's so competitive because you need to, don't, don't need to move the parts and another, another supplier to have this anodizing right, and provide right. so the doing, full wow, solution. You're doing it all in-house, anodizing in-house. Yeah. Wow, that's very good. What kind of multi-spindles do you have just to set the stage? Index machine, Morisei machine, Wickman machines. Morisei, okay, so we would call it Euroturn, ZPS, and, and Wickman. And right now, you're running all of them? The Wickmans, the Morisei, and the Index? Yes, the, the CNC mode spindles, we run 100% of machines. We have a very few capacity available. Mm -hmm. But in a Wickman machine, it's very difficult. Uh, we have a... 70% of machines stop it because uh, the, the, the challenge is they fit some parts. Normally, the parts we can machine in Wigma machines is simple parts. Mm -hmm. And normally, these parts can be directed from forging or precision casting. Uh, oh, really? So you're running the Wickmans like chuckers? Yeah. Oh, wow. You don't see that very much. Yeah, we have some parts. A little bit complex parts in Wickman, but uh, is when 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 we start to put more complexity in Wickman, it's not competitive in the market. You need to have the right the right product of this machine. Simple products mm -hmm. with not not so much value added, and of course the cost of raw material is impacted a lot. When we have a high uh, like a, a stainless steel, simple parts in stainless steel, we are very competitive. Okay. So this brings me to something I had mentioned to you before. Graf Pinkert, our used machinery business, many of the cam multi-spindle machines we've sold 
recently have been to Mexican companies, uh, Davenport's, Wickman's. Do you think that there's more talent for running those machines in Mexico than you, the United States, or, or you don't really know to compare it to the United States? We think that there's more people in Mexico who are willing to run dirty mechanical machines than there would be in the United States. Yes, in Mexico there are talents, but in nowadays with the increase of the business, uh, we need to form the talents in 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 house. Some of is our our skill. We, we don't hire the talents outside. We, we normally we we like contract the, the intern and start to form and you start to training to do this. But but, it, but do you think there are a lot of people that say in Mexico, all right, manufacturing is a good job and manufacturing with cam machines that's good for me uh you think that there's a lot of people in mexico that that want to do it yeah what one, one a very good skill of mexican people that are a, a very good manual skill the people likes to do this like to do to, to touch the machine to adjust the machine this this is one thing is different i believe it's different in, in u.s i can't compare because i don't know very well in, in u.s but the the in mexico the people has a very good manual skill is that because in other cultures like mexico or for or brazil for instance it's more like a fix it culture yeah are the same I mean, here we just throw stuff out and get a new one yeah it's similar the culture is very similar okay of course there are different because it's a uh, different culture different colonization but uh, in the end is the is latin culture and of course there are so similar it's not easy uh, for me, Brazilian, adaptive with Mexican because there's some, some difference of cultures. I'm sure. Yes, it is different. Yeah, it's, it's different. In the end, it's different because, of course, I'm from Sao Paulo. Sao yeah. Paulo is like a big center, technology manufacturing center. There are a lot of industry in, in, in Sao Paulo. And when we move from Mexico, we don't move from a very skilled area, very... Where are you in Mexico? In Guanajuato. Guanajuato. Yeah, the Bahio area. Of course, this area is the area uh, that has more growth in, in Mexico, in the area who uh, which assembly more cars in Mexico. Than anywhere else. Yeah, and increase a lot, but it start to increase the jobs and the business. Huge, huge increase. And now you're suffering about the miss everything labor, the basic labor, auxiliary labor, technical labor. This is the challenge we have nowadays. So you're having the same, the same challenge, even though this is like, would you say this is like the Detroit of Mexico? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you have it the same because, of course, uh, this area, we, we, we are in uh, Guanajuato State and Silao. Silao, there are uh, General Motors, uh, trucks and SUV cars, manufacturing site. And this started 25 years ago. And this area started to grow. Nowadays, only in the industrial park we have in Port Interior, there are more than 30,000 people, 30,000 employees in the same industrial district. 30,000 people in the same industrial park that yeah, your company more is than, in? Yeah, more than 120 companies in the same industrial park. Wow. Okay. Well, that means that there is some skilled labor. Yeah.
Hey listeners, I just wanted to remind you that you can see videos of our episodes on YouTube and other social media. So if you want to see a cool tool or part that was described in the interview, or you just want to gaze upon my beautiful face, you can go to the Today's Machining World YouTube channel. You can also link directly to the videos from the episode show notes. And now, back to the show. And what are some of the salaries for somebody working in a manufacturing plant in Mexico? Yeah, they're, they're round. I, I will talk in terms of a, of a peasant comparing dollars, but it's around the cost of the labor, the direct labor around $1,000. One thousand yeah, dollars per week, per month. No, no. Uh, yes, per month. One thousand dollars per month. That's for what? A machine operator. Yeah, machine operator overall. What about a setup person or somebody in management or? The the, the technician is around one point five two thousand dollars per month, and manager around five thousand dollars a month. A month. Okay. This is complete cost from the company. That's the complete cost for the company. What are the people taking home? Mm, you can, of course, the low levels, we take, the government take less, around 15%, and the management around 30%. Okay, okay. What does a doctor make in Mexico? Your, your wife is a doctor? Yeah, my wife is a doctor because when we move, my, my wife uh, graduated engineer, environmental engineer in Brazil, moved to Mexico, and of course, she had a dream to be a doctor. But in Brazil, of course, this is one good thing in Mexico, the university is very good quality, and the cost is very good as well. Okay. And she became a doctor, and you told me that a doctor makes, uh, what, around $500 a week? Yep. I looked that up after I talked to you. And according to some website I looked at, they said they made $1,000 per month. $500 per month, $1,000 per month, whatever it is, it's not a lot. $12,000 a year versus $6,000 a year. I mean, it's incredible. They, they said the average doctor in the United States makes over $300,000 a yeah. year. So in other words, you can make a lot more money working in a factory in Mexico than you can if you were a doctor. Yeah, sure. Sure. That's $1,000 a month, or 500 according to Hogerio, a month, not a week. Incredible. Yeah, it's incredible. But some people I, I, I know lives in U.S., go Mexico back to have a medical treatment and back from U.S. because it's cheaper. Sure, of course. Of course. So um, we've talked about labor a bit. So there is some skilled labor, but it sounds like you guys are having shortages as well. Yes, we, we have a shortage of labor. Of course, like I said, in our industrial park, we have more than 30,000 employees, but we have open, open position, 1,000 of open position only in my industrial park. 1,000 open positions, and there's already 30,000 people. Yeah. How many open positions are at your company? Around ten position because it is. And how many? How many people are? Two hundred. Two hundred. Okay, two hundred people at your company. You have five percent. Um, there's a lot of work now that you hear about coming back from China. Some of it is coming back to the United States, and a lot of it is going to Mexico. Yeah. Yes, because of course the Guanajuato area, uh, there are a lot of Asian, mainly Japanese. 
but they there's move. There's a lot of people yeah. that are Japanese in your area. Yeah, yeah, more Japanese because OEMs that are Toyota, Honda, and Mazda that are assembly plants in this area. Okay. And there are a lot of Japanese. Including but they're the management managers. No, hall of levels because because so they it, bring they bring employees over from yeah, Japan. Yeah, because the the Japanese company manages a li, uh, little bit different because there are two managers. One Japanese manager who took the decision, and local manager who only communicate with the people of, with the employees. Normally, the technician came from Japanese because uh, the culture is different. I see. So they they think, all right, this is going to be crazy trying to manage people from such a different culture. Let's bring some of our own over. Yeah, that is really interesting. Okay. So you got that, but then we have a lot of work from China that, you know, people are having problem with supply chain. People are, labor is going up. You know, we're deciding that we're going to bring stuff back. A lot of that is going to Mexico rather than just go to the United States, correct? Yeah, it's correct. Because uh, in the past, we don't see any movement of Chinese and few Koreans. Now we have a lot of movements of Chinese and Korean in this area. We don't know exactly what they do but once in my impression is they start to buy landfill and the other companies and start to to manufacturing in mexico okay of course bring it the manufacturing from china from north america including mexico very interesting and that is causing more shortages of people and shortages of equipment correct yeah sure sure so I should have introduced it before, but we're at IMTS right now. Are you buying equipment, new equipment from IMTS, or do you prefer to buy used equipment, both? Depends on the, the, the kind of line, but uh, normally we, we buy the used equipment, mainly the expensive equipment, Mutspindo, we prefer. They bought an index from Graf Pinker. Yeah, sure. Couple, couple of these three years ago. Yeah, yeah. It was... Uh, it was good business. Um, are there many other companies with indexes in Mexico? Yeah, it starts. Because Samot is the first one uh, put uh, put an index machine in Mexico. But nowadays there are a lot of companies with index machine, including there are companies that are much more indexed than Samot. Interesting. Interesting. What machines are you looking for right now? Right now, uh, Samot... Samot we'll find it. No, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's not available machines. This is this is the point. What are you looking for? We, we're Swiss looking machines? for no, not Swiss machine, center machine with uh, because one 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 center machine, center center machine with five X because some some you mean like like a milling machine, milling machine uh, because. Of course, Samot is Samot Mexico has a hundred percent automotive market, and one other one strategy is get out portion of our avenue of automotive well, market. That was the next thing I was going to ask. Are you scared to be entirely automotive? Yeah, we are scared because move so faster and uh, uncertainly we have with automotive. Are you making stuff for electric cars as well? Yes, but we, we're looking for industrial. Here in Mexico, more from industrial and more complex part, low volume, but more complex and more value add. Right. Because this, we, we're looking for this kind of, of uh, we, we, we verify some kind of this machine with four and five axes and new technology because it's different. 
different business. Are you making stuff to ship outside of Mexico or for the Mexican domestic market? No, uh, only Mexico and U.S. Of course, we have some some parts goes to Asia and Europe, but this is a, a small portion because the, the, the big volume stay in North America. How much stuff is going to stay in Mexico versus go to the United States from your company and, and from no, half and half. Half, half and, and half. half, half and half, because the, the the half go directly from came from US and half assembly the the other company assembly in Mexico and sent from US because of course more than seventy percent of the uh, manufacturing of Mexico came from uh, came from US from American companies yeah, in the US. Yeah, sure. Interesting, and I'm sure a lot of the companies in your industrial park are owned by American companies. Yeah. Interesting. Are you one of the few that are owned by a Brazilian? Maybe there are some some business we feel. What about there's probably a lot of Europeans as well, right? Yeah, I think a lot of Spanish companies probably have them in Mexico. French, French. There are French companies, Spanish company. There are German company. Very because follow the OEMs because there are a lot of German, French, and Asian uh, OEMs, and these OEMs bring your the base, the supplier base, uh, mainly Asian. And there are a lot of uh, international companies in Mexico. So they're assembling cars in Mexico, not just like you guys are making auto uh, automotive parts for Mexico. A lot of them. Yeah, a lot of a lot. And of, they don't probably. I mean, I'm totally assuming this, but my assumption is they have a lot less electric cars in Mexico than they do in the United States because you don't have California. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but Mexico. The, the, the problem of the electrical cars in Mexico, manufacturing cars in Mexico, uh, we, we start to manufacture some parts in some companies. We somewhat don't manufacture any parts for electrical cars. But you Only, want to. Yeah, we want to. Yeah, okay, we you have want everybody. It, yeah, because it's the future. One, one thing we, we saw during after pandemic, uh, the projects accelerate. The companies want to accelerate the projects and quit the old projects and start new projects because they accelerate a lot, a lot of the new projects. Mm -hmm. So as far as future, you're seeing you guys diversifying into industrial, trying to get into electric cars, taking away a little bit of the automotive, any other things that you are seeing, you know, the, as, as ways you guys are, are trying to bring the company forward. Uh, Those are it. No, this is is this our strategy? Is this this is we will see in the future, in the short future? Because of course, is it really hard to find this other work? Yes. So do you have? How do you find the other work? Do you? I mean, I've done a whole season about people finding work, and often what people say is it's just connections, it's word of mouth, it's quoting lots of jobs. You think finding work in Mexico is different? Is it more? You have a sales team and they go out and yeah, call we, everybody or? We have a sales team and, and as well we have a couple representatives. you have manufacturer's rep? Yeah. And that's one of the main ways you get? Yeah. What is something that uh, you learned recently or you read or, or watched something that it doesn't have to be about manufacturing. It's something you found interesting. Yeah, what found interesting, the, the, the strategy when, when someone came from Mexico the strategy is minimal automation. The strategy was, was automization? Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, because of course, I believe the same problem U.S. lives, some uh, Mexico lives as well, because we don't have uh, labor. It's not non-skilled labor. There aren't. Of course, in the area we stay, are you, there aren't. Are you, that's another thing you're doing with the company? You're just trying to automate, automate? Yeah, automated, automated. Are you buying cobots? Yeah. Which ones are you getting? Universal? Uh, universal robots. Why did you choose Universal over some of the other ones? Yes, because it's, it's, it's not the brand, because the only one has available the, the robots to, to deliver in a short time. It's only one has the robots available. Really because interesting. It, yeah. Not Fanuc? Because Fanuc makes the collaborative robots as well. Yeah, it's well, but it's more expensive. It's not available. That is so interesting because I know, I mean, there's tons of companies doing them now, but Universal Robots is the, the one that you can get in Mexico. Yep. Yeah. And there are representative. Uh, the service is very good. Very good. Interesting. One other question. Um, do you have anything else to say to the people of the world? Or is there anything we didn't talk about that you think we should talk about? Yeah. The, the world change, change the strategies and the change is so faster. But you need to not, not uh, be crazy with this. You need to adapt it faster. Understand and adapt it faster. Because this is the, is the difference of the, the good managers and to understand the scenery and try to adapt it. Because the pandemic learned, learned a lot for us. Yeah, no, totally. You know, like there was a guy who wrote a book. I can't remember what it's called. This guy I listened to named Scott Galloway says, the world basically leaped 10 years into the future yep. because of the pandemic. You know, everything changed. Yeah, and of course, how of leaders must be pay attention in the talents? Because the talents, uh, normally the people, normally the leader w would like to attract the talents with money, but it's not, it's not money. If the people keep learning, keep learning, and, and have the challenge gap, because this, I'm very proud with my engineer team, mm -hmm. because learning day by day is not is not is not money. Because he has a purpose from he the future. He has purpose. Yeah, has a purpose. This is very you good. You feel like the people at your company have a lot of purpose. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you've got a really good culture then, if they're not just there to collect a paycheck. Yeah, yeah. This I, I'm proud about this because we we. Some team can uh, survive during the pandemic, and this team keeps strong and is strong day by day. Wow. Thank you so much. This was really fun. It's a pleasure to stay with you. It's staying in the show. The show is very, it's amazing. It's a great show. I yeah. know. I, I, this is my third and last day, and I could keep coming back, but I don't know. I'm not. So, uh, I wish you all the best in the rest of your stay in the United States, and I hope to be in touch soon. Okay, thank you so much. Thanks for the interview. De nada. From today's machining world, this is Swarfcast. If you like this podcast, please subscribe to the show on your favorite app and give us a five-star rating and a review. And don't forget to tell your friends about it. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and todaysmachiningworld.com to join our mailing list, read episode summaries, and watch extended interview videos. 
I'm Noah Graff. My occasional co-host is Lloyd Graff. Our managing editor is Ridgely Dunn. Our audio engineer is Patricio Garcia. For information on advertising or to submit an idea for a future podcast, follow the contact information at todaysmachiningworld.com.